welcome to Behind the Sofa. Hello and welcome to this New Year's edition of Behind the Sofa, uh, where we review the top 100 horror movies of all time. Uh, my name's Ollie. And I'm Kirsty. I almost forgot how this went. <laughs> are we going to be able to? Are we going to be able to get back into the swing of it straight I, away? I think so. I think so. I mean, I think we're uh, we're we're pretty prepared for it. I've uh, unloaded the uh, silver bullets and I've taken down the garlic and the crucifixes and stopped carrying a cricket bat around with me because Ollie is back in full health. Full Yay! health. Oh my god! It was touch and go for a minute there, guys. I was definitely. <laughs> uh, on the sort of zombified side of things, I just felt so rough mm. for like over three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh... the first week was like there's no chance. <laughs> Second week I was just so tired, and then third week it was just kind of like it's Christmas and yeah, yeah. and yeah. then we had Christmas and loads of other stuff. You all understand. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you for coming back and listening. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we'll ever be doing. Uh, a gap quite that long no. uh, in the future. <laughs> I feel like uh, we were. I'm just like itching to get back at it. Yep. So we're Remember ready. Some goddamn horror movies. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if we've seen anything else horror related in that time that's mm. not on the list. Mm. We got a big long list. We do normally at the end of each year. We'll go back and we'll look at a few like lists of like top horror movies of uh, of the last year and then we'll kind of like pick up some some uh, some inspiration from there so we've got a load on the list so if you've got any horror movies that you that you have seen this year that you think Ollie Kirsty you guys need to be checking these out uh, then get us on uh, at behind the sofa podcast uh, on Instagram and facebook.com forward slash behind the sofa podcast on uh, Facebook as well um, and yeah let us know if there's anything good we should be checking out yeah yeah but what we talking about this week this week is number 79 on our list it's 2018's a quiet place 2018 Mm -hmm. two whole years ago it's scary it's funny as well because this movie is set in 2020 it is it's like near future the way that this year has started i could see this uh (laughs) easily coming to we're about to start world war three if you've not been looking at memes on the internet you would uh you would know that already uh and australia is on fire the whole of australia so uh uh you know sort your shit out planet (laughs) earth um but yeah this is this is a cautionary tale if you don't you know buck up your ideas then (laughs) then crazy crab monsters will come and eat you all thanks ollie yeah there you go great (laughs) a message of hope a message of hope for 2020 so come on tell us about quiet place Kirsty. okay so quiet place was um directed by john krasinski who you will know and we will know from uh uh, our love for the US office which we've been watching a ton of episodes of recently so a bit of a weird jump for us to go from uh, Jim Halpert to uh, survivalist dad yeah. in, a, in a silent world but yeah really really good this this movie always just reminds me as well of the, the episode of the office where Jim prote- says, tells Dwight that he can't, couldn't grow a good beard Really? Yeah, he says, I bet if you tried, you'd grow the best beard in the whole of the office. <laughs> and uh, and here's the proof. So, uh, so Dwight, you were, you were pretty much right on. Um, so, yeah. so, yeah, the, the, the idea behind this is um, that there has been a, uh, like, earth-shattering event which unfolds um, as, we're, as we're going through. But it opens on 
you know, a post-apocalyptic scene, very, very, you know, like what you've seen in like Walking Dead and uh, reminded me of um, actually when we were watching um, uh, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, which one? We watched, we've watched Day of the Dead. Yeah, so Day of the Dead, when they go into the town and there's, it's always leaves. Yeah. There's no one around to sweep up the leaves, so there's lots of leaves no. everywhere. Um, and yard maintenance goes to shit in the apocalypse. Yeah, they don't really care. So we, we um, uh, how this was sold to uh, John Krasinski because he it was uh, originally written by two uh, two other people, Brian Woods and Scott Beck, who have done other things that we have heard of or that you have heard of. Let me find. Oh, um, they actually wrote um, Haunt that um, Eli Roth. I can't remember if we. Uh, oh, that's on the it. list. That's on the list of stuff yeah, that yeah, we're yeah. supposed to be watching. Yeah, so year. they so they wrote that and they wrote this as well, um, but they wrote it and then approached John Krasinski and said, "Do you want to do horror filming?" He was like, "I don't really do horror," but what they how they pitched it to him was, uh, "It's a family surviving and they can't make any sound, and throughout the film you'll work out why that is." Mm. And he was intrigued by that he then showed the script to his wife emily blunt who plays his on-screen wife as well and uh she loved it so much that she was like i i need to be in this film and so they ended up being cast in the starring roles wow so yeah so a lot of it um if you haven't seen it there's going to be a hell of a lot of spoilers so we recommend that you go and watch it also because the second film is coming out this year as well uh, which from the trailer looks excellent um looks looks like it's going to there's going to be some more backstory yeah a bit a bit of origin which i love so um but yeah so it's uh, a lot of it is in american sign language as the oldest daughter of the three children that you see at the beginning uh is deaf and wears a cochlear implant so it's like the sort of uh, like magnetic um uh sort of contraption that is on the side of the head uh, that controls and changes uh, I think I was reading about it con- uh, changes like air into um, nerve it, it kind of fiddles with your nerves and then converts that into sound so you can hear it but we find out later on that um, the the implant no longer works and that um, John Krasinski's character whose name is Lee even though no names are mentioned in this Ooh, one where did you get that information from <laughs> where did that it's, information come there's from there's a whole bunch of you've got all the names they've all got names but they're never mentioned by name in the film at all so where did that in, where did you get that information from about what about the, the names? implants the, no, names. the names on the internet on the internet yes. where did the internet get it well it's on IMDB and everything else so I'm assuming that rather than them having them listed on the script as like mum dad teenage girl boy (laughs) child you know they actually had names so you've got lee who's the dad evelyn is the mum, reagan is the daughter and marcus is the son and then Bo is the younger son who we'll hear about in a bit but um okay yeah there we go also interesting fact their surname is abbott which again is not mentioned in the film but it's in here and someone sort of um made the connection between it being like abbots are in a monastery monasteries are usually silent barefoot praying in silence uh self-sufficient farming fishing all those sorts of things so they were just like this family is basically like living in a quiet little monastery of their own making which i quite like so hidden (laughs) hidden depth yeah um but i mean you quickly notice that um you know you, you would know from 
the the trailers and everything that like you are meant to be you know i think that the the tagline was if they hear you they'll hunt you mm. so you know that like it's going to be a lot of quiet and a lot of really like sensitive movement and things like that to make sure that you're making any sound well straight off the bat it does an amazing job like a really like economic job uh, telling you what the deal is mm-hmm. you know what i mean there's a central conceit the world's been been infested with these aliens i'm going to assume mm-hmm. creatures um and if they hear you you're dead yeah. okay and all of that is set up within the first five minutes um no one says no one like you know there's no like uh like exposition no no character sort of like delivers in sign language sort of like the monsters will hear you know what i mean there's nothing like that but just from the way they are acting from the fact that they're all barefoot so they're not making any noises the way that they are fearful of like making any sound like they're at a, uh, like a supermarket at the start and one of them almost uh, drops like a toy on the floor and the other one like lunges out to grab it and you mm. think oh my god what would have happened if that had hit the hit the deck mm-hmm. um there's one little creature here that loves to make sounds she, <laughs> she would make she would, she would not last in a quiet place at <laughs> all uh peanut back on the honks if anyone can uh, can hear that in the background <laughs> but um but yeah i just think it does such a fantastic job at like setting up that central conceit sound equals death Mm -hmm. basically it kind of goes back to what we were talking about when we reviewed the unknown Mm. sort of like effective economic ways of you know portrait like of giving you information without using words yeah i mean the um the two writers so like i said scott beck and brian woods they grew up together and then they started writing together and they're now writing partners but they grew up um watching silent films and they so they learn more about like nuance and how to portray things without having to speak yeah which i think works really well and another point on that is that they originally the uh, american sign language was not going to be subtitled it was just purely going to go on like us like reading the situation and knowing what they were saying without actually understanding the signs. I feel like I could have, for the most part, I yeah. feel like I could have understood. There's only one scene that they decided that they were going to, uh, that made them decide they were going to either subtitle that one part and then they thought, well, why did we do that? Like, we either leave it completely unsubtitled yeah. or we subtitle it all. Yeah, you want and it to be kind of part... consistent, don't you? Yeah, so it was the part where. Um... Let me guess. Okay. Is it the part where? Is it the end? Mm-mm. No, nope. Not not. I mean, the end where he's like, "I love you. I've always loved you." No, no. Okay, which scene was it? Was it the scene where they, uh, where Lee and and Reagan, so dad and daughter, are arguing about um, him trying to fix her um, hearing aid, her her implant, and she's like, "It will not work." Yeah. And, um... Okay, that kind of makes sense. And then I feel like at the end, because because uh, the kids later on, the the boy, mm. um, he he says in words, mm. "You need to tell her that you love her because yeah. she doesn't think you do." No, I feel like then I would have understood <laughs> that from his signing at the end. Mm. I feel like that would have. Yeah, now I'm kind of like I wish I I'd, I'd quite like to see that version of it. Mm. Well, what we what um. 
they they said was uh, so Millicent Simmons, who plays Reagan, so plays the daughter. Um, she uh, has been deaf um, since I think about twelve months old. Okay. Uh, so she was fully brought on, like taught taught people sign language, helped them with like their you know grammar and getting everything together. Um, and uh, it was her suggestion to have him say, um, "I've always loved you." as the final part rather than it was just going to be I love you mm. and she want, she suggested to John Krasinski it should be I've always loved you because she was quest- she's been questioning that throughout the whole entire film yeah. because she felt like she was um, to blame for her youngest brother's death yeah. um, and uh, that actually made John Krasinski cry because it's such a like you big, you big old melt he's a softy I love it <laughs> but um yeah, so but just to, just to go back to the original premise, mm. this kind of this like high concept idea, I love it. I think it's so simple and effective. Yep. You know, the idea is you got monsters, and if you make sound, they kill you. Yep. Simple. Yeah. As with most of the best horror movies, the more simple it is, the kind of like the more you can just like say in one sentence. Yep then you know the more explaining you have to do mm. the kind of more watered down it gets i just think it's such a simple and effective mm. uh, kind of premise but uh, i mean like we were saying about like the nervous sort of deliberate movements and things of like being really really careful like turning the pill bottles around in, yeah. the, in the drugstore at the beginning and all of that and like standing on your tiptoes and every movement has a thought behind yeah, it yeah because we're just so you know like oh just so quick like in everyday life you're so quick to just sort of pick stuff up and move it around and everything like that but in here like everything has to be thought of before you do it and I love that and like you know you do see a couple of times where like they take their mind off it and it accidentally ends up with them dropping something or you know all of that but it makes you feel on edge straight away but as it develops and grows like they were talking about the sign language the methods of sign language that they used and you see John Krasinski's character is very uh, he hides his emotions he um, is very straight down the line all about survival all about protecting mm. his family and the sign language that he uses is very brief very short yeah, sentences so there's like there's words cut out when you look at the yeah. the subtitles they're like the extra words the flowery words are all cut out yeah it's he's just, just like, very straightforward and simple no makes out you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> Whereas, big sound, big sound, bad. Yeah, those kinds of things. Yeah. Whereas Evelyn, who's played by Emily Blunt, and she does an amazing job. She's so good, um, and she's very much more um, emotional and descriptive, and um, you know, more of a uh, a character in that way. Because I think she wants her kids to grow up knowing that there are other things in life other than just surviving. So mm. she's teaching her son Shakespeare and maths and homeschooling him and making sure that he learns all the great things about this world and he's not just like constantly terrified of being hunted down by a you know a, a monster with extra amazing hearing yeah and then reagan the teenager is very uh, abrupt direct like grumpy teenager kind mm. of words that she'll use a lot throughout the entire thing mm. and so even though there's no um or very very little uh, verbal communication and like vocal um so much of it is is being able to be brought through through the sign language and through the facial facial expressions and well i think it's just so the, good. the writers and john krasinski did such a great job at sort of like establishing immediately the kind of the gravity of of noise in this world by you know 
we get that massive gut punch right at the start, like barely even five minutes into the film. This cute little kid who Cold just open. yeah just gets you know eviscerated because he was playing with his rocket ship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like I said, I think they just do such a good job at kind of uh, at letting the audience know no, there's no sound. Mm. You can't make any sound, otherwise that's it. You're done for. Yeah, but I mean it's. It's, it sort of plays on the whole, you know, like if you lose if you lose a sense, then the rest of them are all heightened. Is mm. the is the idea, and it works better in that, like like I said, you know, everything is mindful. So when you're when you're not doing stuff from like a survival point of view, like even when like she's out hanging out the washing and stuff, she's doing it in a really considered way, mm. and um, everything and everything that you say has meaning like you're not likely to have like small talk conversations if you're signing you're more likely to be making a considered uh communication with another person and there's no there's no or very little obviously there are a few which we'll go into but there's no real um like breakdowns shouting screaming or crying or anything like that that you would have Mm. in you know, like huge visceral outbreaks of screaming yeah. that you would have in a post-apocalyptic film <laughs> or in a horror film, at least. So. Well, I just think it, it puts so much emphasis on show, don't tell, from like a filmmaking point yeah. of view as well. It, You know, I think the film's all the better for it as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, having to rely on the visual and using visual cues to sort of like convey the emotion of the characters, convey like elements of the story, I think that just makes it, you know... It's a, it shows some real skill yeah, on, uh, on the writer and the director. But um, I, especially the uh, the red lights, I love. It looks beautiful. Yeah. The whole movie looks awesome. Yeah. So and it like... was set. It was uh, most of it was filmed in upstate New York, which just looks gorgeous. So it's like a farmhouse surrounded by land, and then they have all of these. Um, uh, escape routes and uh, protection and everything else like their entire house is kitted out safely and they have uh, strings of lights white lights around their garden and they have it set up so that when something dangerous is happening when they, they need to alert the others or they need to let them know from a distance that something is happening there's a switch that will turn the white lights off and switch the red lights on hmm. and so you don't even need to say anything when that happens but like they walk over the crest of the hill and then you just see the entire farm just bathed in red light yeah. and it's like shit like yeah. you know it's it's just so yeah like you said you know like it works better than having someone there sort of with exposition and going like oh no the red lights are on that means danger you know <laughs> like they they would have explained it earlier on in the film like to another character mm. and they've therefore to the audience oh we've set up these new lights so that when something dangerous happens you just pull this and you know we didn't need it like it just shows you you that you don't need it so yeah i mean as an audience you've seen enough horror movies and lived a life that tells you red lights mean danger Mm. hold the fuck up well Um, um, what was it that um i can't remember the exact words but they were saying like the one apart from the score which is mm, score's good um there's one actual song in it which is Harvest Moon by Neil Young and there's another Neil Young song that says something like uh, like the lyrics in another song is like red means run son and so it's like that's yeah. like a little a little Neil Young nod in there but yeah, um, it was so good one thing that I love about this movie is that um, it kind of really plays up that um, that horror movie trope where 
if you hear a sound, it means you start getting scared. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Normally, it would be like a visual, and there would be like they, they most horror movies like overplay that like jump scare. Yeah, and they because all they do is just blast like a loud noise at you. Mm. In this, it's like the noise is you're scared of you know what I mean silence is almost like the comfortable part yep. it's when you start hearing the noise of the like that's when you start getting really you know tense yeah. uh, which I think is like brilliant when, when they do it right at the start when they're um, playing felt Monopoly in the mm. basement which is very cute I felt like I was on fucking Kirsty's Handmade Christmas or something <laughs> it's like all the crochets and knitters out there were loving it I bet but, um, but yeah just like when they knock over the uh like the glass lamp and it breaks and you're just like fuck it makes you jump yeah Yeah. it does but like yeah the jump scares were sparingly used but when they were used they were to great effect and like they will make you jump but like I said you get you get used to the silence whereas like we said you know it's it's kind of flipped the horror movie on its head whereas uh, like it's a horror movie is usually very loud we've talked about how the previous films that we've reviewed a lot of them have had like crazy cacophony yeah. of sound and music and everything else and so they then use the silence in the opposite way so when it's silent you know that something's bad whereas in this silence is good and like one loud noise is mm. absolutely terrifying and you're like oh shit what does that mean um it's just yeah it's just so good but um one thing i want to just call attention to now for my if my memory serves correct it's been quite a while since we've had a good boy award Mm. now not strictly speaking a good boy (laughs) but we did get the death of a lovely little trash panda or a raccoon that raccoon got got smushed he was full of you told me he had jam in his mouth he did have oh (laughs) he got squeezed real hard (laughs) and the jam came out um that was gross but it's just showing, like, um, I mean, the the entire family. One of the little other little bits that I like, which is just like, you know, like you look at stuff and you're like, oh, that's clever. Like, <laughs> is the um, uh, the spreading of sand on the paths around the home. So they're walking on it barefoot. They're walking on the sand, and like that will give you know, like the the most minimal amount of like vibration because they're not mm. entirely sure yet what they know that it's sound but they don't know if it's sound and vibration so if you're walking on stone or something like that it Mm. could be transmitting it to them (laughs) they're walking on the earth it could be as well so they've got all this sand around and then yeah they have the jump scare of like a couple of raccoons falling off the roof and they're like oh okay raccoons you know go trundling away not making a huge amount of noise either but get like completely swiped like by the the creatures they get super smushed yeah Um, so let's talk about the creatures you want to talk about the creatures? Yeah, because I feel like now we're. You've mentioned. I want before we talk about the creatures, because mm. I, I feel like maybe we're getting into some stuff that maybe we didn't like as much. Okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm showing my hand here, but <laughs> um, one thing that I found a little bit strange. There's definitely some inconsistencies mm. in what constitutes a sound that will bring the monsters yeah. and what won't. I'm like, so why is it that being by the waterfall, you know, and screaming is fine, but being like whispering in their own padded basement, that constitutes too much noise. I'm like, there's, you know what I mean? There's somewhere I'm like, is that is that not okay? Is it not okay? Can you not have like soundproof the whole room? Mm. Um, I know you can't use hammers and stuff like that to put mm. anything up, but surely there's a way. Surely being inside that room with all those the stuff they've added to the to the to the walls would mm. be 
would I think, be fine. No, uh, I think more than anything is that you, if you are outside under the waterfall, so you've got Lee and Marcus, so father and son. Um, they go out to uh, catch fish. They've got little like crabbing uh, lobster pot kind of things yeah, yeah. to catch the fish downstream. And um, his son is absolutely terrified. Does not want to go with him. Um, uh, and is super scared that he's going to get like caught. So he obviously doesn't leave home a lot. Um, but they go and stand behind a waterfall, and he sort of shouts and shows him that like if there's a louder sound nearby, then it will kind of def- deaden it. So it's kind of like white noise in that in that way. The only thing that I can think of with that is that if you are if you are in that outdoor kind of thing, you know that you can run away from them if there's something making a louder sound, like we have with the like grief stricken old man yeah, yeah, yeah. screaming over his disemboweled wife. Um, and he runs away because he knows that that sound that the man is making is is much louder and is much more likely to grab attention than, than him, him running, running away. away. Yeah. So if he's in like the, they're in that waterfall thing and you hear them coming, you have an opportunity to run away and they will not be able to hear you or to hide somewhere where they're not going to be able to hear you. Mm. If they hear you at home, then you're screwed because they then know where you live. They will you don't they it's still a mystery like what they are capable of Mm. so you want to try and keep them away from your home i mean anything like that you'd want to try and keep monsters away from your home wouldn't you yeah so you wouldn't want to do anything that would like unnecessarily attract attention so if you can go away somewhere where you've got multiple escape routes Mm. outside you're more likely to do that if you're at home then you're not even going to bother trying to test the upper level of the volume that you could create at home so you just have a rule with the children and everything (laughs) no sound yeah, that's it none no, literally no sound just okay. don't you know don't hedge your bets just... I, I still feel like there's some inconsistencies in the logic of it but um, it does everything else so well that I'm totally willing mm. to you know I mean I'm not I, I try to not be one of those people who's like yeah, well actually you know mm. what I mean? like magic xylophone of, yeah exactly <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be super bothered about that kind of stuff no. um, the design of the monster yeah not my favourite okay it's very, it's a bit Cloverfieldy. Oh, don't! Interesting tell me. fact. Ding 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 Interesting ding ding ding. Interesting fact. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> this was considered originally before they started making it. So they they this came out yeah 2018. Um, they first started sort of working on the screenplay for it and like everything to do with it in like 2016 and then moved on. Um, and it was originally considered to be made to be part of the Cloverfield universe and they, so like the they, with, like, and then they changed their mind paradox and 10 Cloverfield lane and yeah. all those other yeah. ones so they they kind of changed their mind but I'm I glad I'm really glad yeah they were glad about it as well they said they wanted to just keep it separate they said they loved all the rest of the films and the ones we've seen really liked Cloverfield's great 10 Cloverfield lanes okay Cloverfield paradox I can barely remember yeah 10 um, pa- pa- paradox is lame yeah but um, but yeah, so they were like, we love all of those films, but we would like to just like give this a try, um, without sort of going into that that myth, mm. uh, you know, like their their world basically. So I can see where they're doing it. Um, they actually worked out most of the um design of the of the creature or creatures, um, uh, in post production. So they weren't entirely sure what it was going to look like. Um, at that point but they focused on things like uh, bats so you've got that kind of skin 
kind of thing. They had like a few well, they make that clicky noise, which made me think they were using like echolocation, yeah. like dolphins and yeah. bats and things like. That. Which then also made me think, well, surely if they're clicking, they're like bouncing. Mm off things that stood there like yeah. people standing right in front of them for yeah. example but you know once again i was like i'm willing to go with it yeah but they they also tried to uh they also took inspiration from you know like bog people where they find like mummified people in like peat bogs and their skin is all like leathery and weird like they they wanted to do it from that yeah and then they obviously have these gigantic ears and they're completely armor plated as well so we learned that from uh john krasinski's little whiteboard at the beginning like where he's um like trying to work out their weaknesses and what they're doing we know that they hunt by sound and that they are like heavily armor plated so it's very difficult for you to be able to injure them and then the side of the head opens so the plate kind of the armor plate kind of moves and to reveal this gigantic ear canal that obviously you can hear for like miles and miles around and they can move really fast but mm. they are kind of bat like aren't they and then they've got yeah, like they did, kind yeah. of venomy with the big fang teeth and yeah like it reminded know. me of like cloverfield meets venom yeah that was kind of the vibe i was getting from it yeah but did you also know that uh some of the scenes were john krasinski in a mocap suit what the the creature the creature yeah oh really yeah oh, <laughs> and um when they when they did the test audience thing because so much of it was done in post-production there were parts where they could hear the audience like laughing hysterically and they were like oh god like they don't like it and then they they were watching and they realized it was some of the parts where like the uh cgi wasn't completely finished or wasn't finished at all and so mm. you had like people including john krasinski just like loping around and <laughs> flinging themselves about in a mocap suit which would be kind of funny and yeah. like it would be a relief <laughs> to just laugh like when you're watching a you know very intense film um i just want to talk about the this the whole final section yeah which i think is fantastic yeah uh, they do such an amazing job ramping up and ratcheting up that tension mm-hmm. um, basically from the moment that Emily Blunt's character does a um, uh, a Marv from Home Alone <laughs> and treads on that fucking nail I'm on like, the stairs I'm like why is it funny it's hilarious in Home Alone but why it's just horrifying in no. here because she properly steps on it as yeah, well yeah it's grim and from that point on and the on, fact that she can't lift it straight off like it has to be there's like pull, a bit of like a bit off. of a move across yeah. and up I was like yeah. but then um yeah, like from that point on, every time someone's walking down those stairs, I'm like, watch the nail, watch yeah, the yeah. nail. Even the monster comes down the, the yeah, stairs, I'm like, so I'm like watch I'm that really... nail. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and everything that happens from that moment onwards mm. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, all those little cool set pieces, like the rockets, like when they, the kids have to go off and start launching yeah. the rockets and the, uh, well, the bit up think... in the grain silo. Yeah, well, did you think, like the um, two, two bits from that was uh right at the very beginning Bo so the little the little one who um gets completely destroyed Bo um Bo yeah yeah um he draws a rocket on the floor yeah, yeah. of the thing and he says like a rocket ship that's that's what will save us and then when he said at the end like he sent uh like Lee sends Marcus off to go and uh like set the set the rockets off and I wrote down I was like rockets that's what's gonna save us <laughs> and I was like that's amazing um but I did write down um, uh, the. I was like, I always get intrigued because obviously I'm, I've never been in like a pitch situation or like a writer's room or anything like that. But like, I often will watch films or TV shows and be like, 
how the hell did you come up with this as a as a thing and so i wrote down i was just like imagine pitching hey what if we had them fall into a giant grain silo like wh- yeah. where would that come from and it actually came from the writers like they took inspiration from their childhoods growing up in like sort of rural areas of of america and the grain silo they were always always told in the same way that we were like um what was it quarries around our way or like you know reservoirs and things you were always told never ever go over there never go near it it's See, very dangerous no, you one's, know. no one's ever told me not to go in a quarry <laughs> really yeah. we used to get psas at school to really? like during the summer holidays it would be like don't go swimming in quarries they're really bad i feel like quarries were never a big uh, big mm. deal where we were and we're pretty local to each other so yeah. obviously your schools didn't care about you wrong, as much as we wrong did. side of the tracks <laughs> Lies. You went to the fancy school. No, I so said you. I was saying you're. you're uh... Oh, more likely to go swimming yeah, in a exactly. quarry. Okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so they they took it from that. So it was like remembering stuff from their childhood and the things that used to scare them. Because obviously they well, were told never to go a, near it. A movie that is, it reminded me a little bit. Is it um, what's the Harrison Ford movie? The one where he goes and becomes Amish. Is it oh, Witness? God, I don't no, know. What's, is it Witness or the other one? I can never fucking remember which way around it is. <laughs> Harrison um, Ford Amish yeah, on it. It's um uh, and th- there's like a showdown and it sort of like has something to do with a with like a green silo. There's a It is a, witness. It is witness. Yeah. Perfect, I knew it. So um, what, what's the, <laughs> the well like there's a Ah, uh, because uh, there's a kid who witnesses a murder and he's yeah, Amish and yeah, stuff. And, yeah. Okay. yeah, and then and like I said, like part of it like part of the finale takes place in a green silo, so oh, it was sweet. it reminded me of that. But well, they know. they um I, I quite like the fact that a lot of the because like they said it was filmed in all, all sort of around like mostly around the areas in in New York, and so they um they ended up having uh, spent a lot of their money locally, including twenty tons of corn for the grain silo, which they got local farmers to grow for them. Nice. So they actually like were investing back into the the community where they were filming, which I really like. They made like. big popcorn afterwards. Yeah. They they popped that whole fucking thing. <laughs> they just set it yeah. on fire and then just yeah. see what happened. <laughs> I, I would absolutely love that. But um yeah, so needs butter. I'm trying to think we've got the um like the whole yeah, uh Emily Blunt pregnancy labour I don't think scene. we've even have we mentioned even once that she's pregnant no this whole they kind of hide it away so basically do they like, I feel yeah. like a, once no, again they... it's a good show don't tell like they just you just see her hanging up like a yeah. soft mobile but before that she was walking towards the screen and they made a very oh, okay. they made a very conscious effort to be like we see her from the front and I think I looked at her and I was like is she pregnant like when the first time we watched this is the second time we've watched it um and uh, yeah she's walking towards and then we cut to it and she's walking away from the camera and so you just see her back yeah and it's not immediately obvious until the camera till she sort of climbs up uh, like onto a stool to hang up a mobile and then she you can see that she is in sort of like the mid stages of pregnancy basically yeah. but, um, uh, but the, the baby's like a little <coughs> ticking time bomb as yeah. are most babies sort of like <laughs> if it gives, gives that sort of like unpredictable yeah. element you know they've got everything they've got their you know their lights and their systems and their escape routes all figured out but as soon as you introduce a baby into the mix yeah but not even that it's like the birth beforehand and the complications that could arise from that and everything else and so i think what they were like there's so many themes of uh guilt and grief and having to put your grief aside in order to survive and um 
you know all of those kind of themes that are running through it but you've also got you know like they made this decision which some people would think would be absolutely ridiculous but i think to them they were just like this is what we need to do like this is you know like you'll give up like the dad character is much more like i will give up anything in order to ensure that my family survives and he does and hers is much more like i want to have a family i need to have you know like these these people uh close to me and i need to you know create try and create the best life possible yeah. for them well um, so the fact that they're still schooling them and everything yeah. i was like even in the fucking post-apocalypse the kids still have to do long division yeah. i was Ugh. like oh god yeah is it not bad enough we're being hunted by uh by these alien creatures but i gotta carry the three mm-hmm. it's like oh god um but yeah i just think that whole last section is absolutely fantastic mm. i'm still undecided how i feel about the john krasinski sacrifice it felt a little bit to me once again like one of those sort of like did he really really need to do it could he not have just gone and got in the car with them and like they just be silent until you know until the until the beast goes away and then that's it done um, oh, I you mean know. like before he, when he first picks up the axe? Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't really understand. I think he was just like, if I run over there and get in the car with my children, if they're tailing me right now, then I'm leading them to my children. So yeah. I can't. So if I stay over here, and it's the exact, like the simple uh, lesson that he's been attempting to teach his children throughout the entire film. So from the very beginning where he's just like, no you can't have this toy because it's too loud to if you make a big noise you have to be making it somewhere where there is a bigger noise happening so they won't hear you you know big noise bad quite you know like small noise good whatever um and everything that he's been doing throughout this has been in order to ensure that his his family can survive throughout and you know even if that means him sacrificing himself well i think it comes down to that speech to him and emily that that chat that him and emily blunt have right before this where he's like mm. if we're not protecting them what what even are we are we even parents and i was like okay so yeah. that's that i understand why i understand why they why it's in there but you know from a logical like like with most horror movies is like the logic log- goes out the window yeah logic kind of goes out the window for <laughs> for the for the plot and for the you know emotional resonance and all that yeah but um it really it, does. We so you, John Krasinski dies. Yeah. Boo Sad times. Mm. Um, I guess they're going to bring him back for part two because there's, pre, there's, there's like there's, there's like flashbacks. Yeah, from the trailer, from the bits that we've seen on the trailer. If you go to um, behind the sofa podcast on Facebook, I actually put the trailer up a couple of days ago for the second one. So um, go and check it out. Have a look. Um, but we know that we've got kind of couldn't plan this any better. Could yeah. Because I feel like. We there are a couple of weeks where we're like maybe we'll do the pod this week and we're like oh no it's Christmas we got this on we got this on yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden like the week we're like right we're gonna do it like the the Quiet Place true two trailer drops and we're like oh yeah it was supposed to happen obviously yeah. Um, but yeah so there's there's bits in there where like they mention him um, and uh, it's you know like the beginning the beginning sequences when stuff happens so we've seen i mean again it doesn't they don't go into great detail about like you know they as you do in in most other alien or zombie films you have people who are um explaining again it's just exposition explaining to a newcomer or 
you know, right, this is what we know so far, you know, and like mm. jotting down stuff. It's very, very brief. So we've got the bits that he's been discussing or been jotting down on his whiteboard. You've got newspaper clippings. So we see that it is a meteor that hit Mexico. And then they and then there's another newspaper clipping that says like multiple sites. At the very beginning, we've seen what, like a newspaper flapping in the wind that just says it's sound on the front mm. um, and all that. So we know that like it's it's and he's been doing uh, attempting to like SOS to um, other places in the world. So he, you see him crossing off Japan and all of these places, and he's written down the times in which they went dead. So yeah. he knows where it's sort of traveling to, and we we assume that it's like around the entire world. Um, you see that there are other people still alive, though. It's not just them because yeah. when he goes up to the top of the silo at night and he lights his fire, yeah, like there's a bunch of other fires. Don't being... calls for aid. Yeah, well, it was very much uh, <laughs> thinking the, the beacon same. has been lit. Yeah, but um, and then we see the the old dude as well with his mm. wife with her guts hanging out. But they don't seem to like go and hang out with each other or anything. It's just comfort to know that like you're not the only. I think one that down probably is it. Anything. I think that's kind of like, listen, guys, we all understand that in order to survive, it's probably best that we don't come and you know, hang have out a and fucking have some tea. barn dance every <laughs> Sunday night. But at the same time, just a little fire, just to say we're, we're still here. we're still here. Everything's yeah. good. Yeah. But then they light it at the end and no other lights show up. So we know that at least one of them is the old man and his and his wife, who we know are dead, mm. when um, when Marcus and Reagan are up on top of the grain silo and they're lighting it. Um, and we don't see the other one, so I'm not sure who I that just, was, I just but... I just took that as, it's not the right time for lighting beacons. Everyone's probably inside, you know what I mean? I feel like, <laughs> they're all it, I feel like John Krasinski's got like a pretty set routine of like yeah. right we go up here at this time and we like the thing and we all everyone says they're okay yeah checks in and then that's that yeah um so yeah but did you notice um there was one bit that i noticed uh in this which i did not notice the first time around and then i, I had it confirmed when i was reading up about it um every time the creatures appear or they're nearby lights flicker yeah the lights flicker yeah. and I hadn't noticed that on the first watch but on the second watch I noticed it and I love things like that because there's so many monster movies and horror movies and scary movies and things like that where you've got this sound that becomes familiar to you throughout the rest of the film mm. or a sign or a signal like one of my favourites is uh, like the, the proximity meter in Aliens yeah um, or you know just like little ticking noises or you know like unnatural sounds basically and so in this it's like for some reason the lights flicker um and it's like a, a signal that they're that they're on their way and we've seen we see them on the cctv that they can move yeah which is creepy as well like because we haven't we've seen them prowling like well i guess you see them run really fast at the beginning you but, see yeah. them dive but when you actually see them like careening down yeah, the fields yeah, yeah. toward the house or through the corn, what is it with cornfields? Why are they so creepy? Because you can't see what's in, you can't see yeah. what's making it happen. Yeah. And it's normally moving really quickly, like four. Yeah. So it's like ripples through water, isn't it? And they yeah. said, like, um, John Krasinski said there were some bits in it that, that, like, you know, he took inspiration from Jaws. So I think possibly like the unseen terror kind of thing, mm. um, which I can see quite well. And they use it, like, like I said, everything in here, everything everything in the movie is used sparingly but to great effect and like nothing is really like over egged at all no, I no, think. No. it's just subtle and, and great like so. I said it's got jump scares in it but for the most part it's pretty restrained yeah um, I just think the whole final sequence is uh, 
you know, like masterfully done. Like yeah. Krasinski does a, an amazing job. I know he's he directed a couple of movies before this, he but did, this and, is he's, his and first he's directing horror. the the next one, right? He's directing part two. Yeah. Um, but this is so, his, yeah. this is his first. This was his first horror movie, which yeah. I think is pretty damn good. Yeah. So I've got high hopes for for part two. What did you think of the very final end bit in the basement okay uh well i know that you weren't massively keen on the um uh on the monster design Mm. but i absolutely love when you have like when reagan finally realizes like what her um what the the implant is doing and how it's affecting them and just shoves it straight into the microphone causes this crazy um reaction in them and they're like they're they're like claws and like their hands are kind of like curling under it's kind of like when you get like nails on a chalkboard and it makes you kind Mm. of all your muscles tense up and it's like that but to a massive effect and then they you notice because you've seen from now that they've got like i said the little plates which move so that it um like their ears can come you know they uh, are exposed so they can hear but you notice in this that it has like a um like an effect of each of the small plates that they use to sort of direct their hearing, I guess, like almost like blinkers kind of I thing. I never really thought of it like that. Yeah, that so makes more sense. More I was like more just radar. like I was, I was just more just thinking, oh, it's just like a creepy thing they wanted to do, like no. an, an armor plate. But I guess it does make sense. Like they're funneling the, the yeah, they sound move, to where they move, the plates move to the direction of the ear, okay. so that it's funneling that the noise into the ear. But by doing that, like all of them are sticking up like that, and that allows Emily Blunt's character to get a good shotgun shot into the like the flesh, like the soft flesh underneath the armor plate. Yeah, which then, like they've now discovered the. Um, that's what they need to do but obviously the gunshot they then turn to the cctv and that's the bit where you see the other two that you know are in the area they know they're three so they've taken down one you've got the other two just come like barreling toward the house and then they just look at each other kind of give a nod and then just cock the shotgun and i'm like yes yeah i thought it was great quite like a triumphant like yeah. now's our time to fight back we now we now know their weakness yeah. we found out what their weaknesses are we can do this and and like we're badass and i was like fuck yeah it was so good um i really enjoyed it did it shit you up um i think it did I think it did in a in a like real tense kind of way because you're constantly like waiting for like someone to make a mistake. You see a couple of times where people have made a mistake, dropped a you know dropped the the lantern while they were playing Monopoly, um, stood on a nail and dropped yeah. a photo down the stairs and it crashed and made the noise. Um, you've got to move like move extra carefully in your daily life, even when you're not in danger, because you're constantly you've got that threat of danger underneath, and one of the things that I thought was kind of funny was that like it it came out and like people really really enjoyed it it came out in the cinemas after a week or two the cinemas weren't really enjoying it all that much because they noticed that sales of refreshments went down because people were going to see it and they were being frowned at because it's such a there's there's moments (laughs) of complete silence anyone opening a bag or chomping away on popcorn was kind of frowned at and so like they noticed that sales of food and things went down from people going to see this film so they were not happy about that obviously because it took away most of their income cinemas you can always count on my business when (laughs) when the refreshments are being talked about um i think uh i think you're right i do think it shit me up a little bit yeah uh definitely tense um, I I do wish the monsters had been a little bit scarier looking. I feel like in this decade, there's been like a a lot of monsters kind of look quite similar. Mm. There's not a, like a real variety. 
they've never got like a real strong look to them. It's just kind of like weird blob legs. You know, what I mean, there's nothing really like wow. The the most defining thing about it, I guess, would be like the head with the like you said with the like where it opens up. It's like to, a crash helmet. Yeah, with that teeth. was that was. It was almost like what they call those like exploding skulls. Those like uh, those they have like a like a skull and then they like expand it they have like bits of the skull poking oh. out on like metal spikes and stuff it's like a taxidermy-ish kind of thing you would have seen them before 100% uh, I've only ever seen like phrenology heads and stuff nah, it's not, like I said it's a real skull if we, and find they, like... a, if we find a picture we'll put it up and see whether you guys agree with that um, but yeah I think like it does it does exactly what you would hope it does it you know you are you are fully engaged in the silence i mean we you know we you know by now if you've listened to previous pods that we just sit there in silence scribbling notes down and stuff and we don't talk about the film until we get on here but i have a feeling even when we watched this the first time around there was minimal talking um, yeah yeah for sure because you just it, get it, you it, just it grips get... you it holds you yeah. the whole time yeah like the silence is weird for to have to pay attention to the silence. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's something you don't normally do. Normally when there's silence, it's like people walking, you know, doing whatever. But yeah, yeah like I said, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I think Krasinski did a, an amazing job with it. Uh, so big up to Big Tuna. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that about wraps us up yeah, for this. Have you got uh, any more any more factoids? No, the only thing that I wanted to say is that like I really enjoy that we've had this sort of little spate of... Um, like, this is the best one by far. But we were talking before about like sensory uh horror and how you know like there there'll be movies that will focus on like a particular thing and so you have this followed by um bird box which don't, don't everybody breathe. everybody absolutely loved bird box don't Did breathe they? i don't yeah. think everyone loved bird box everyone went everyone went nuts yeah no, I, they were just like, like everyone was... was like everyone watched it put yeah it that that's way. true everyone watched it maybe not everyone loved it but still but you had bird box which was um focusing on sight and like the removal of being able to see um and then you had the silence which came out last year so it was about a year after the uh, after um uh after this came out and that even though it has stanley tucci and kin and shipka in it apparently oh, yeah, that was God, not I completely yeah, forgot that one. which is basically um from the premise yeah it, it's just like this right basically exactly the same as this but it's got like a 32% Rotten Tomatoes versus um, Quiet Places 95% which you know we shouldn't really be going on uh, on reviews and things like that but it tends to be a pretty good gauge of like what we're doing here yeah um, so yeah like I'm not sure what other senses we could have um <laughs> The stinky movie, some well, sort I'm of uh, smell, because, smell-o-vision. Well, we can't. They kind of had that in Jeepers Creepers, I think. Like he could smell, he could smell your fear and and stuff. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think we're running oh, out of senses. Fear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're running out of senses now. But um, but yeah, I highly, highly recommend this film. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's you know, it's heartfelt. It's sweet. You really connect to the characters you feel like you really want them to get through this i remember when we saw it on the list mm. i think i feel like i brought up the idea that maybe because it was just new mm. it was kind of like stuck in everyone's mind and did it really 
kind of deserve to be at 79 on the list mm. above, you know, classics. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, Brain Dead, all those kinds of things. So it'll be interesting to see. I'll be interested to see where it kind of like uh, ends up after the next shuffle. Mm. I think it's. I think it definitely earned, it's earned a place. It's yeah. just working out where whereabouts that place where is. Where exactly that place is. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think yeah. it's like really well done. So yeah. uh so good job. Good, good job, job, everyone. everyone. <laughs> um cool. So what's next? <gasps> next is let me just I'm just checking the year now because I know what movie it is. Um it is two thousands ginger snaps i've never seen this no me neither so this i i have had people highly recommend this uh in the past but it's essentially uh it's again like you were saying you know there's a there's a simple if you can explain it in a simple sentence this one takes a little bit longer just because there's a lot of like various bits but all you need to know is it's basically a uh like teenage female werewolf movie I always get confused between this and Hard Candy. Oh, hard Candy's <laughs> completely different. Yeah, I know, but I feel like did they come out at like the same time? Maybe like, it was like Troubled Girls I don't movies. Think, <laughs> I don't, I don't think um, Hard Candy would have been two thousand though. No, 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 no. no. Okay, because you think not. of how young Ellen Page would have to have been. He, she would have had to have been like about eleven, I think. To uh... wasn't that the whole point? She's like really young. She's... I don't know. Anyway. But it's not Hard Candy, it's Ginger Snap. So, um, Hard Candy came out 2005. Okay. So, um, so if you've got a review for uh, for Ginger Snap, not Hard Candy, even if you want to send in a review of Hard Candy, that's yeah, fine. Why not? But, um, uh, Facebook.com forward slash T. Uh, fucking almost said it again every goddamn time. <laughs> Just you do say, a, you do a podcast behind the sofa. Eight years, and then all of a sudden, it's all you can think about. Behind, behind the, the sofa, sofa podcast on Facebook and Instagram. There you go. Da-da. That's the way to do it. Exactly. Um, um, yeah. So uh, thanks a lot for listening. Thanks a lot for being patient with us while we were um, catching up with life and illness and all those sorts of things. Um, and make sure you tune in next week. Um, come and find us on Facebook and Instagram. Let us know what you thought about A Quiet Place and what you think about Ginger Snaps. And maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll week. post up our little list that we found of like good looking horror movies that we should watch and see if you mm. guys have seen any of them and maybe drop a little yay or nay tell us whether it's worth Agreed. our time maybe we'll put it on instagram stories so make yeah. sure that you're following us and then we'll uh, we'll post it up throughout the week cool right uh and then from behind the sofa good night